And welcome back to the True Patriot Podcast interview series. Folks at home, I have someone special for you here today. Um, it is with a tremendous amount of honor and privilege and excitement uh, to welcome to our tiny little show here that, uh, that we're trying to grow in leaps and bounds, Mr. Jody Queen. Jody, thank you for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure, Gene. Thank you for having me. You betcha. You betcha, man. So as you know, we've been talking off the air. I am still what you would consider, and I probably will be for the next couple of years, uh, a kayak bass fishing rookie. But we are flirting around with the uh, the concept of, of possibly going all in uh, on, a, on a tournament trail piece there. So I've been getting plugged in. And man, you are probably like for us in the in the bass boat world, you you just might be our KVD for kayak bass fishing here, man. I mean, I'm a huge one on stats and I've been looking it up. You have had a tremendous amount of success in the kayak bass fishing world. Um, you are very fortunate. You are the defending um, champion of probably the most coveted from my research. One of the most difficult to qualify for and win Presented by DZ, the KBF, the 10, the 2021 champion. That, uh, that was the, the, yes. the big mark so far. What, what was that like to you? Oh, wow. I mean, it's, you know, it was probably uh, the pinnacle of my career, you know, uh, in this sport. I mean, because, you know, the 10, uh, it's one of those tournaments where, you know, just being there is, is an honor to be there, of course. And it's a, it's a long road just to get there to the 10, you know. And it's one of those things that no matter what trail series, you know, the Bass, the Hobie or, or KBF or any of your local stuff, no matter where you fish, any way that you can qualify for that tournament, that's what everybody's goal is as an right. angler in a sport. And, uh, you know, just being there. And I, now, I, I've qualified five times out of six for that. And, and um, there's one other person who's qualified uh, five times for that. And last year was just, it was my year to win it. And I just, you know, I, the, I don't have the words for it, you know, how it felt to, to actually reach that point. You know, it's just something that we all want because, you know, when you're fishing against the angler of the year, uh, in more than one series, usually, uh, <laughs> you're fishing against, you know, uh, national champions, you know, from the national championships. I mean, you're fishing against the best of the best and you're yes. all fishing, you know, in the same area on the same water. And it's just, it's, it's what we want every year. And I, I'm going to shoot for it again next year. You know, now <laughs> remind me again, where, uh, that was almost a year ago, literally February 4th, 2021. Yes. Um, right. where, what lake was that at? Now that was, uh, Kissimmee chain. Kissimmee chain Florida. And yeah. Yes. And there's, there's actually, I mean, last year, I think there was eight or nine lakes that you could fish on that chain as long as you stayed on that chain. And the thing about kayak fishing is in these tournaments, you can launch from any public access. I mean, it's because we don't have the ability, like I'm sure like a bass boat, and you know this, you can pick up and run from one end of the lake or the, to the other, or you can lock through, and, and but we don't have that ability. Right. Uh, now, we I have loaded up and driven, you know, 25, 30 minutes and launched at another spot, but uh as a rule wherever we set in is pretty much within a, like a five mile area there that we fish and the advent of, of motors into this sport has really increased that range quite a bit that's awesome stuff and that's so 
And you, you touched on this here a little bit though, that event, I mean, you're, you are facing the best of the best that the sport at, at, you are. at the current level, you know, in the current competition has to offer. And this one here, uh, mind you, I, again, I'm a rookie coming in. So I had to do a lot of research online about this reading articles. I, right. you didn't, you didn't start off uh, bad or slow, but comparatively speaking, there were a couple other guys that come, man, they come shooting out the gates there. Yeah. And your day right. one, you were, I think, what, sitting on fifth or so uh, after yeah. that. But, yeah. man, those guys in front of you look like they were on fire. And is this a two- yeah. or three-day event? It's it's a two-day event. Two-day event, right. Yeah. And now, it can be a blessing and a curse uh, being <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a kayak because you can actually get into these small areas where these big boats can't go. However, they are small areas. And if you cover that area pretty hard – you can fish those areas out and not have nothing left to go to the next day. So you better have backup spots. So the strategies are a little bit different because <laughs> we're in kayaks versus uh, boats. So that, that comes into play a lot. Uh, it's just a different strategy, you know? Right. But yeah, I just, I was on a lake that I knew held fish and I, I was going to stay there hell or high water, you know, because I knew that those fish were in there and uh, we had a heavy cold front move in. And it really kind of shut the bite down on us because I was fishing a shallow lake. So I had just a, an okay first day. And then the next day it warmed up a little bit and those fish, they started coming my way then. And the guys that had all those big numbers on the first day, they kind of fished their holes out. So I was, I was in a pretty good spot. One of the, the best descriptions I saw of this was one of your competitors out there, Brian Aliff. He was right. he was quoted as as describing you as tougher than shoe leather <laughs> was his quote <laughs> about you, and that was talking about your ability to stay in the fight and keep going. You know, make that day two, and just take it. You know, take it right. home there. And I thought that was man, that what an awesome deal coming from one of the you know one of the other guys to describe you like that. <laughs> yeah, Brian's a good guy, man. He's he's a, a heck of an angler and a heck of a turkey call maker that's what he's doing now he doesn't fish much anymore but yeah he's a good friend of mine that's awesome speaking of uh from what i'm seeing out there and and i want to go back and we're going to touch a lot more on you and your career and so forth but we got this good convo going i wanted to keep it rolling um from what i'm seeing at the highest level where you fish you compete you you basically are setting you know kind of that bar you guys out there i mean Fishing is always about the relationships. I mean, even in the bass boat world, we compete every day and we, right. yeah, when the, when our numbers called and we go, it's, it's no, no, you know, no punch is going to be pulled, but you guys right. for something about the kayak world strikes me as maybe a little closer. Now I know I'm probably speaking out of turn. I'm going to have some bass boat guys upset with me, but <laughs> it just strikes me that way. It's just a feeling I get that these guys are, this is a close knit team. Do you, what do you suppose that, I mean, you're agreeing with me on this. What do you suppose that's about? You know, just guessing, <laughs> you know, I can tell you a, a big part of it is, you know, when we started this thing and, and some of the places where we fish, we are in small craft, you know, and we all have kind of a buddy system, you know, and we all kind of watch out for each other. And, and in doing so, that's you, awesome. you, build these relationships with people because you, you you're basically watching out for everybody. I mean, if, 
high winds come up, I'll make a post. You know, guys, be careful out there. This is, you know, this is going to be dangerous today. Make sure you wear your PFD and make sure, you know. And so we all kind of look out for each other. And the relationships you build, they're so close-knit that you actually, and I've described this before, it's like Corey Dreyer and I, who is a an awesome human being and, and, a, and another great angler, we get on the water and we compete against each other with each other. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. I, mean, I we're, know. We're, we're out there competing, man. Don't get me wrong, but yep. we're always, you know, make sure that each other's okay. And, and, and you can do that. You can do that in this sport. Yep. And uh, that's, that's one of the unique things about this. You're going to find when you dip your toes into it, that uh, you're going to have four other toes watching your back, you know? You know, and that's uh, Corey. That's so funny. You say that I've got his, his name right here on my list. I wanted to mention that because I can yeah. glean that from, you know, social media news articles, you guys are Z-man teammates uh, for yes, sure. We are. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, and I'll tell you what, this, uh, this Mr. Dreyer here, he is, uh, he's following uh, in some footsteps. This guy is lighting the scene up. I mean, he is one heck oh, of an yeah. angler. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I was, I was checking out his stats. I was talking about this before, um, we get started recording here. I'm a, I'm a huge stat monkey. All right. I'm 23 yeah, years as yeah. an IT guy. So I'm a big time nerd yeah, with Excel. Yeah. You like the numbers. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, former hockey goalie. So I'm all about percentages. So I started running with you. <laughs> nice. According to Tourney X here, they've got mm-hmm. you listed at about 221 events. Okay. Of those 221, you have top 10 through Tourney X a staggering 125 times. That is basically okay. 57% of the tournaments you get in. You're going top 10, probably cashing a check. Yeah. Even more impressively, there's about a 25% chance that you're going to top three in one of these uh, events. Kayak bass <laughs> fishing and no matter what bass fishing, man, it takes such a perfect storm to win an event. How have you remained this consistent? Like I said before, you're pretty much the KVD of kayak bass fishing in my mind, but <laughs> how, how have you achieved that? You know, that, that consistency, do you have a, a formula for that? Is that just good, clean living? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I've had, you know, ever since I started fishing when I was at a very young age, I mean, it's all I ever wanted to do. So, you know, when, when I was growing up, it was, you know, the Denny Browers and, 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 uh, you know, uh, Hank Parker and Roland Martin, Bill Heck Dance, yeah. those, those were my heroes growing up. And, uh, I can, I'll never forget it when I was like 12 years old, Denny Brower made the Wheaties box. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. So, you know, everybody else was out there. They got baseball heroes and football heroes. And they don't even know who my heroes were at that time, but. You know, that being said, uh, I did a lot of fishing growing up. I never really lived around lakes and I always lived around rivers and mm-hmm. creeks. And that's where I cut my teeth. And I was mostly that type of fisherman. So when, you know, KBF come along and I'd heard about all these lakes, you know, that, and I always, there were bucket list places that I always wanted to go to. And, uh, but I never was much of a lake fisherman. So I kind of, I had such a great background on the rivers that, it taught me how to read geographically, how even dammed up reservoirs, how, how the the topography might lay under the water, you know, how things are sloped and how, you know, the banks and stuff. And that helped me out a lot. 
never used a fish finder, no kind of electronics. And when I first started this, I do now, and I love them. And I kind of hate it that I'm so dependent upon them, but, <laughs> but they, they do help. And, uh, you know, just learning all that, I had a pretty good uh, idea of, of what I needed and, and where I needed to be to compete, at, you know, at a higher level. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know if I had, you know, when I first started this, I didn't know if I was any good at it or not, you know. So, and the only way you find that out is just go ahead and start entering the tournaments. And, and you know, that's how I found out that, you know, I got a little bit of a knack for it. But that's as far it. as just a, a certain routine or anything, I really couldn't put my finger on it. If, if, you know, Corey could probably tell you better than I could because he watches, I don't pay much attention to it. You know, I, I try to look at things all at once and, and I don't like, if I get to a lake, I, you know, I want to know what the water temperature is, the water clarity. I want to know, you know, what time of year it is and, and, and stuff like that. It's just the normal stuff. But, yep. you know, I think one of the biggest things is eliminating water. I think, you know, if you can eliminate enough water and find those fish, then you got just as good a chance as anybody else catching them. Well, and that's, you know, you, I think it becomes even more critical in your world and the, in the kayak world, because Mm -hmm. what you touched on earlier, and this is one of the things that I'm actually kind of excited about. and, And that is in a bass boat, if I go into a pocket and I start fishing and I'm not finding what I think I'm should be finding, I most of the time right. I go, you know what? I've got about eight, 83 other waypoints, about 15 miles up. I'm gone. Right. And I hit the motor yep. and boom, I'm, you know, 70 mile an hour. I'm running up the lake and, and we're out of here in a kayak. It's okay. I know yep. they're here, but dang it. What do I, I need know. to do? You just, you have to, it's so much more intricate. I think of, of you know, lead, learning that, you know, the resources of an existing area. So if you don't eliminate that water, you could start in a really, you know, Sahara desert <laughs> type location and really so, find yourself in trouble. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And in, in, in the kayaks, you it's more of a microcosm of, of of the whole lake. So if you're in a lake arm and I'm fishing, you know, say I'm fishing uh, uh, Gunnersville and uh you know, I can't run 50, 60 miles. That lake's what, 66 miles long or something like that. Or you pick an area and you look at the features and I use Google earth a lot for this. Uh, You look at the features that area holds and you count on there being grass there or whatever. But once you hit that area, that's your lake. That's your lake. That's, that's the area that you've chosen that you need to break down. So you're eliminating water in a smaller area. And I've said this before, you become really intimate with that area and its structure and its fish and how they lay. So, so you're actually, you know, you're not worried about what's going on over here. You're worried about what's going on right there. So, right. you know, I recommend a little, a little bit, uh, at least, you know, a few days of pre-fishing to try to get that stuff dialed in because it's just such a, uh, so much harder to cover more water, more of the lake, you know, so right. I'll go in and I'll find me a creek arm or I'll find, you know, where a creek's running in. I'll find flats, I'll find grass, I'll find humps or whatever. And I'll give them a good go and uh, eliminate them. You know, if I don't need them, then I'll move to another creek arm or another large flat area or something like that. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, you just, it's, it's a little bit different, but you're still doing the same thing just in a, in a smaller area. 
Yeah, it's you know they're they're very different, but yet they're still very much the same. The worlds, it's competitive bass yeah, fishing at exactly. the end of the day. We're all going after the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're just uh, you know what I, I you know I'm confident you're going to put fish on the board whether you're on the shore in a in a in an inner tube or a bass boat or a kayak i'm i'm sure of that by now yeah so let's talk uh, about the 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 professional scene that is out there bass fishing's taken off in the okay. kayak world yeah right now you're competing in three of the the most linear uh, of the national scenes we're talking the kbf right um, which is right. in like 46 some odd states or whatever across. Yes. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. We have Bass, who's jumped in, you know, good on them. Yes. Who's uh, mm-hmm. starting yep. to try to build up that side. And then uh, yep. the Hobie Boss, the Bass Open Series. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, this was one uh, interesting thing, and I just have your, your take on this. So as I was doing research into these, um, I have a Boatworks uh, Blue Sky 360. That's what I just purchased. Right. That's what I plan to fish yep. out of. I feel like okay. it'll be the best first boat for me just because mm-hmm. I'm coming from a bass boat. So having as much right. real estate and stability as I yeah. can get, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. I, I get it. Yep. But the one thing that's going to keep me out of the Hobie Boss series is because all the others allow motors. Now, I get yes. it. I think from a product business piece, the Mirage Drive. I mean, yes, nobody can touch that thing. All right, it's it's. I mean, they they right. knocked no. it out of the park with exactly. that thing. Yeah, they but did. If they want to grow the sport for that championship piece, there, do they have any thoughts about allowing motors? Do you think it just just your idea? You're you're part of Team Hobie. I mean, you you guys are the you're the industry standard pretty much out there. So. Do they, do they have a look at that or is that just something that they're yeah. good with being where they're at? You know, Gene, uh, I think that, you know, I understand and I've said this many times before. I mean, a lot of the big debates online when you get on Facebook and, and that stuff, it's been several times. Oh. There you are. I think we had a little technical. Are you, are you there? Yep. Now you're back. You know, there's always going to be a certain uh, popularity for going all paddle or all pedal or mm-hmm. you know, or all motor even. I mean, if that's, if you want to go there, it's fine. And it's teach his own. But if you're going to have a sport, you know, and you're really in it to take it to the next level, eventually you're going to have to consider going with motors and there's a couple of reasons for that there's more than than a couple but i'll give you a, a, a one really good one right now is if you don't allow motors in your sport you're pretty much relegating your series to a, a younger crowd because being able to be competitive is what we all aspire to be in in these series so if you are uh, you know, put it in a situation where you have to travel six miles to get to a spot and you're 65 years old, well, it's probably not going to happen. So it kind of takes away the ability uh, to compete with some of these guys who can get out there and they can, they can push, you know, they can kick six, seven, eight miles. I, Christine Fisher, man, I've seen her, you know, kick eight, nine miles in a, to get to a spot. Yeah. And it's just, that's not feasible for a lot of us. I've, you know, uh, 
people who have handicaps or just have, you know, bad joints or something like that, it kind of kind of keeps them from actually excelling. And, and what that creates is, is a series that gives you a lot of the same people fishing it over and over and over, and you're not really bringing anything else into the sport. Uh, so, nope. you know, I think eventually uh, Hobie will probably look at it. They've al- they're already allowing motors in practice. You can yep. use a yep. motor in practice, which was yep. a huge step. And I think they did that because of some pressure from the anglers. And so if they've come that far, then maybe they'll, you know, eventually take the next step. I mean, I, I can be hopeful for it. And I hope they do because it'll open up a lot. Uh, I think it'll grow a little bit once they open it up for motors. Well, so, and it's, it's so, it's so big for a sport when the front runners, you know, start, they start listening to, and they, they start taking measures to grow a sport. Um, right. I mean, nobody, nobody can, can dispute what Hobie's done for the kayak, for fishing kayaks, no. for the sport of, you know, kayak fishing. Um, you know, nobody can deny that, but it is such a, no. it's, it's such a fledgling right now, as far as it's booming, but man, it's yeah. about to boom even further. And we talked about this off air, the cost of entry to compete is far more affordable than some of the alternative Mm -hmm. options that are out there in, in bass fishing that, like you said, you could include so many more people into this. And, and Mm -hmm. the more we can do to engage the outdoors, utilize it, be stewards of, uh, you know, conservation. That is so, yeah, that would be, that would be awesome to see, but it is uh, interesting though, that this, this situation has left the door open for, you know, several other uh, uh, divisions to kind of start up and start looking national. Um, You got the all American kayak series that's out there. Um, They're working Mm -hmm. uh, their way and they're getting some good. uh, I was, I was looking at their schedule. I have a feeling I'll probably uh, 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 jump into that one probably next season, just because Mm -hmm. they hit relatively close to me here in Colorado. They hit, you know, some Oklahoma, some Missouri, uh, Texas, you know, they, they hit a lot of those there. Yep. So it's good to see there, but yeah, of course, KBF, I mean, yep. they kind of started it, didn't they? I mean, weren't they the ones that said, look, did, uh, we're going big know, with this. Chad pretty much. Yeah. That he pretty much pioneered the sport, you know, as far as, you know, getting it set up to where anglers could come and fish competitively on competitively on, on a regular basis. And, but not only that, uh, it's the other things that, that they do, like they have, uh, you know, they got the new uh, fish ops, which is, you know, for, you know, suicide awareness among veterans. And yes. Chad is doing a, 20, a 22 uh, species of, uh, uh, in each state thing. And it just it just brings awareness. You know, I mean, it's, it's a really good thing. But not only that, we have, you know, KBF has a challenge series. They have a trail series. We now have a pro series that we're starting. And we have the national championship, which is pretty much, I mean, the national championship is huge, not only in the payout, but in the ability for anyone, it's the any man's championship because they can qualify through their local clubs. And uh, which is another thing we have ambassador clubs in KBF and you can qualify through the local clubs. You, you can qualify through online ch- uh, tournaments. You can qualify at show up trails. There's so many ways to qualify for the national championship. So it's, it's more accessible and it's more inclusive. 
So I think that's pretty much why what kind of sets KBF apart from the, from the rest of the guys out there. They just they just do a lot more for the kayaking community. Not it's not just uh, you know just the trails or just just the championship or just it's not just one single thing. And they're trying to be more inclusive, and and they allow motors too. On their schedule, I see something here. Maybe you can explain this to me. Not to, no, I know you're, I mean, you're an angler with, uh, with them, but I see tr- uh, trail series one and trail series two. Okay. What, what does that mean on the schedule piece there? You know, it seems to be at the same location, but yes. it's, it's, uh, it's trail series one and two. I mean, do you enter them both? Do you enter one of them? What's, yeah. what's the, that's a good question. I'll, I'll explain it to you as easily as I can. It's pretty simple. By having a trail each day, and, and in the beginning, we had a, a trail on a weekend, and that was it. I mean, if, if you didn't couldn't get off work for the Saturday, you, there was no Sunday. So right. by having a, a trail one and two, this allows people who work on Saturdays, they can come and fish Sunday. People who work on Sundays, they can come and fish Saturday. just gives them a little a better chance to – uh, to fish on that weekend. So it gives them two days instead of one day that they can, they can meet up and, and do this. Also, uh, having uh, those two trail days, you might get there and absolutely bomb on one of them. And it works to the benefit of the angler who bombs on one of them. And then at the end of the day says, oh, I got them figured out then you can apply it second day. So that's, that's, that's a little extra boon and that wasn't intended, but it's kind of a, you know, a residual thing that, that happens with having those two trails like that. Yep. So it, it, I think it's working out really good that way. Uh, I mean, that's, I think it's ingenious actually, because, you know, if you get uh, say 75 or 80 people on one tournament and you, and you have, 40 new people sign up for Sunday and 75, those 70 from that tournament go over to the next day. I mean, your payouts are going to stay, stay pretty nice in there, you know, Heck so yeah. it gives, it's more opportunity for money and it's more opportunity for more anglers to fish. It, so, so you can, you can fish them both or you can do just yeah, one. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And that counts and I as always, two events? I always sign up for both of them. It's two separate events. Outstanding. You have two separate, you know, yes. Yeah. I, I really like the idea myself. We've had uh, now, on, the, on the MLF side of the BFL, we've had some makeup tournaments that actually put us back to back, like a Saturday, Sunday type deal. And I absolutely love mm-hmm. that because like you said, if I go out there yeah. and, you know, squawk it on day one, I can always, you know, flip it around going, okay, now right. last half hour of this day, I'm going right. to try to figure something out for tomorrow type thing, you yeah. know, and, and, and uh, now Hobie has always been two day tournaments. Okay. So, I mean, if you like that two-day tournament format, Hobie, I mean, they, they've always had a two-day tournament. And uh, some people, I mean, a lot of my friends in, in the industry, they love two-day tournaments because yep. it kind of shows that your consistency, you have to be consistent both days, you know. So, I mean, there's, it's good and bad. On, on, but there's enough out. I'll tell you what's really nice is have, being able to choose. Yeah. You know, having the choice, being that able to huge. choose if you want to do a two day tournament or say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go here and fish this two at one day, or I'm going to fish bass this weekend. Or it just lets us know that, yeah, we're growing, you know, this as a sport, this sport is growing. We have choices now. I can remember when there was no choice, there was only one choice and, and, <laughs> you know, and, and that was it. So the more choices we have, the more it reflects on the growth of the sport. 
and and the better it is for everybody involved, sponsors, anglers, absolutely. It's like buying a kayak when you, you want to demo, demo, demo. That's what they tell you. Demo, demo, demo when you're buying a kayak. If you're a first time buyer, especially, you know, demo. I'm the same way with fishing. Fish them all. Yep. Fish them all. Figure out figure out, you know, what suits your needs the best and and go for it. You know, if you can fish all three of them, more the better. Go for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. hear you. And that's, uh, that's kind of what, uh, you know, why we got our, our game plan lined up. Like why we, I don't do a single division of the BFL because I'm not aiming for a regional. That's not our point. Our point is high profile. Right. Lake that we can, you know, uh, move the wall of remembrance exactly. around and, and, you know, and mm-hmm. competitively fish it at bucket list locations. So now all this yep. fishing mm-hmm. talk and so forth, you are not just a fisherman. You, sir, are also an artist. You're, you, now, talk to me about this. Let's let's figure. I mean, an artist of of all mediums, or are we? Uh, you know, pretty pretty much anything I throw my hands on. If I want to do something with it, I'll try to do it. Uh, I'm, you know, mainly I use usually work in graphite pencil. I just I do a, a genre called uh, photorealism, which is where you just okay. take pencils and you kind of make it look like a black and white photo, but you're drawing it. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, it's, uh, but I'm vice president of a, uh, art gallery called Gary Bowling's house of art. Gary Bowling is, is another artist who is, uh, who, who started the, the art gallery and we've been together now for close to 13 years now, I think. And he's an, um, he's a creative genius. I mean, he's, he's the guy that, uh, I mean, he's just, he's got pieces in the Smithsonian. I mean, he's been all over the country. He's, wow. he's worked for, he's worked for Disney. And so, you know, he started this gallery and, and I wanted to be a part of it and I got into it on the ground floor and just, I'm still there and I've, I'm vice president, like I say, and my wife is, is the curator and, and the, treasury chief cook bottle washer you name it she does it all <laughs> and so <laughs> but we have a great time with it we're a 501c3 nonprofit, and uh, we have a gallery we have a, a local history museum in the in the bottom of the building and in the upstairs i'm a resident artist so we have residences in the in the building it's an old school called the ramsey school and it's thirty three thousand square feet and we are in a constant state of renovation on it trying to get it, you know, all we let it get back to being all it can be. You know, we have, a, right. we have a, a theater in it. We have, like I say, we have a gallery and we have each stair landing is going to be a, a different, uh, like walking into a different world on one landing. We have the oh. Egypt, you know, queen of the, uh, of the Nile. And, uh, I mean, it's, just, it's just amazing. And if you visit there, you really can't take it all in in one day. It's one of those places where you really got to keep going back to it all. Now, do you guys have a website for this uh, out there for this? Uh... We we do. Uh, our web, website's still a little bit under construction. Okay. Uh, but if you really want to experience it online, I suggest you go to the, either the Ramsey School on Facebook or or House of Art on Facebook. House and of that, Art? That, uh-huh. Okay. That should bring us up. I'll circle back with you and get that stuff so that when we put this interview up, we'll be getting that, uh, that up there so we can direct folks there. We'll make sure it sure. shows up on the screen and such. So 
have you yeah. always been uh, into art since you were a kid type thing, or is that something you since developed I was a, Since I was a kid, you know, I, I had a grandmother who was very supportive of my dribblings <laughs> on paper. <laughs> you know, I doodle on everything I get my hands hands on. You know, and uh, on envelopes that had bills or letters that were laying un, unmailed. You know, and they'd have to take them out and put them in something else, but. You know, I was always putting a pencil on walls or, you know, I was the crayon kid on the walls or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I, I spent most of my life at least drawing a little bit here and there and uh, never really uh, got real serious about it until about, you know, 13 years ago. Wow. Uh, my wife had an accident and it put me at home a lot. I had to stay and, and kind of help her out in, during her recovery and, I needed to supplement our income. So uh, just started, I picked up a pencil and, and the rest is history. So that's awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. You know, and my, my best friend, I basically call him a brother. He is a, an industrial artist and uh, um, you guys that the creative minds like that. I mean, I'm, I will put down a mean stick figure. All right. I can draw a guy, a <laughs> stick figure guy, you know, with the best of them. But yeah, yeah, I have zero, zero artistic ability when it comes to that stuff. You know, I, um, yeah. and so, yeah, I've always, <laughs> always loved that mind of the, of the artist. You guys see the world differently and it's so cool to experience that out there. So yeah. this school, uh, in this, uh, this, uh, uh, it's an amazing place, man. Yeah. I mean, I could say it's 33,000 square feet and it's just, there's something around every, every corner. Every corner, it's hard telling what you're going to see from one day to the next. Day. <laughs> that it changes exciting. all the time. It changes all the time. <clears throat> well, I am looking forward when we are in that neck of the woods because I'm sure we will be eventually. That uh, I'll get a chance to uh, go there and see that. We'd love to have you. On another note, as well, um, not just artist, not just uh, uh, supreme hog snatcher of bass. <laughs> but another reason that has endeared you to our, of course, our causes here with the True Patriot and Romans Warrior Foundation is the fact that you, sir, uh, are a U.S. Army veteran. And yes, sir. you and I spoke on the phone. You had a laundry list of responsibilities that you did uh, that you did in the <laughs> Army there. You had a long I list. I did. I'm like a jack of all trades and master of none, I guess. You know, um, <laughs> You know, if I see something broke, I got to fix it. And that's usually my downfall because they want me to keep fixing. So, you know, you know how the army is. That's right. That'll teach you. <laughs> That'll teach you. How long did you serve, sir? I just a little over two years. I was on a three year and I had a, a, a delayed uh, entry. Understood. And, well, uh, yeah, honorably, honorably discharged and tried to go back in during the, uh, uh, the Kuwait war in Iraq and I, there were so many people signed up. My recruiter said, man, we don't need you. You know, <laughs> I said, I have a skill. I have several skills. I can, I can actually help. And he's like, dude, we don't need you. We got so many people volunteering right now. So I well, almost uh, got back in. Guaranteed. You've not heard it enough. So uh, before we go any further, thank you. Uh, thank you for everything that oh. you, you and your family have done uh, for this country. Um and that is, uh, that. that is something that, that charges us. I am not a veteran myself, um, but you are the reason uh, that we are out there is for the folks like you guys uh, that have, that have given so much and, and, uh, and absolutely this ties so perfectly in though. Talk to me about, cause it, you, you had to have seen it somewhere along the way. I'm betting 
uh, and I'm going out on a limb here. I could be falling flat on my face. I'm not a professional interviewer. Um, <laughs> talk about the outdoors fishing, mm-hmm. what it does, uh, what, uh, what it meant to you. You know, we, we, we know it's a bug and it's a, our drug that we hook into, but talk to me about, you know, your love for the outdoors and what, what attracted you to fishing so much. So, uh, you know, and I think about this a and I have thought about it a lot, but it's it's kind of like why the artist has to draw or why why the musician has to play. It's it's more than than just a, a bug. It's it's a passion. Exactly. You know, it's it's something that you you have to do. If you once you get into it, I mean, at an early age, my dad used to take me. We were weight fishing all the time. I mean, growing up, that's all I did. I weight fished. I told you I was like on the rivers a lot and, and stuff like that. But I can remember it like four or five years old, my dad, I would ride on his back through the holes that were too deep for me to wade through. He just <laughs> throw me on his back and we just, and we keep going, you know, and I'd have a fishing pole in my hand. And it was just, you know, I think when we in- introduce our kids in that, that way into the outdoors or whether it's that way or whether someone comes out of the city and just falls in love with it and finds their, their peace in it, you know, or it's, it's still a passion. It becomes a passion. And, uh, and that's, that's what it is for me. I mean, I've always been outside, you know, you know, one of the big interviews I did on the, this month's podcast was with um, operation equine. Uh, they, they engage in equine related therapies and so forth. And they take it a little step further in that right. they actually have mental health practitioners on their staff. Uh, their founder is, uh, is one. Right. And we talked about, we could go on for days about the whys yep. that the outdoors uh, uh, are so beneficial yep. to us. But this is one of the things that I always that it always strikes me and, and it's one of the proof to the the pudding that we are creatures of this planet at the very regardless of what your what your belief structure is right we are creatures living creatures of this planet we're connected on some weird level somewhere somehow and if you if proof to this mm-hmm. is talk to somebody if they're from the city or if they're from uh, if they work outdoors all day if right. they're in the agriculture when they talk about their childhood, watch the smile go on their face when they talk about mm-hmm. that one fishing trip or they talk about that yeah, one right. camping trip. It may mm-hmm. have been the only one they took, you know, in 10 years, mm-hmm. but man, they can yep. tell you just about every detail about it. There is a connection piece yep. there, you know, and it's, it's what ignited our mission, uh, you know, to, to launch forward, to, to try to provide this as, as many times as we can. Uh, out there to see if somebody has that passion for it, you know, uh, along the way uh, with that. So I used to tell, I used to tell my buddy, he asked me one time, he said, well, why do you, why do you, why do you like it out here so much? I mean, I, my wife and I, we've lived in the middle of nowhere, most of our, our marriage for 30 years. And wow, 30 years. That is, awesome. I, I just looked at him and t- I just, I just looked at him and told him, I said, that's where the really important stuff happens in this world. It's not, in the cities it's not in politics it's not in in industry it's not in the marketing or it's none of that the really truly important things that happen in this world happen out in those woods and in our streams and and in our air that we breathe so that's that's why we need to concentrate on saving those things because they're the most important things we have in our lives and they're not infinite we we got no they're not Yep. No, they're 
They are finite resources. Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, it's all coming together. Your wisdom, all that piece, all that stuff's coming together for me. I'm starting to understand how you have those stats that you have, Mr. Queen. <laughs> so, you know, in, in veteran support services, in competitive bass fishing, in life in general, no one does this stuff alone. You, the stories you're telling me in no. 30 years of marriage, by the way, congratulations. That is amazing. That is awesome. Thank I you. have, I Thank have a you. feeling you and I have right. something in common that we both outkicked our coverage when it comes to our better halves. Um, I'm pretty sure I know, <laughs> yeah, I know I am. have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm married up. Exactly. <laughs> and it brings us right to the, the next piece. And that is the support system to do this full time, to mm-hmm. do, to do, you know, things that we love to do. Yeah. Um, you're a professional bass angler. Uh, I'm uh, a professional businessman who also is an angler um, working my way to the, those yeah. areas, but none of it gets done without a support system. And if, and I apologize if this information isn't correct, but according to attorney uh, X out here, the sponsors that have been with you and that have made this all possible, we got Hobie fishing, of course, right there. Um, Torquedo. Mm-hmm. Um, they have fishing online, Dakota lithium. Yep. Land Cruiser Restorations, right. Yak Attack, and Cash and Rods. Is there anybody? And Z Man, mm-hmm. obviously. And I see Lou's on the jersey there. Is that uh, these are all new uh, new teams that we've uh, joined with? Uh, not Lou's, but uh, I mean, uh, Catch Boards, who makes our measuring devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, DZ, who has puts a huge amount of support into the kayak fishing world. Uh, Realtree, who is also uh, dipping their toes into the kayak scene and trying to do, uh, support the, uh, the sport, Realtree Fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few others, and, so, and some of those people aren't on my sponsor list. They were just like uh, intermediate sponsors for like a certain amount of time. and then, Associate sponsors, uh, I think. But they're all still great sponsors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, But I still, you know, support them as much as I can. But, but yeah, yeah. Uh, my sponsors are great. I, I don't ever use anything that uh, I don't actually believe in. You know, I mean, Z-Man right. has been great to me. Dakota Lithium has been great to me, but I use the products. I use the products that, that uh, I'm sponsored by. And that's, that's all important too. And I, you, you, you tend to be more happy doing, doing that than just, you know, I hate to say use the terminology of sponsor whore, but yeah, no, you know, having the amount of sponsors. Well, we got a small freeze happening here. Bear with us, folks. Yeah, Z Man has been really good to me, and I, I try to use the only products that that I believe in. You know, oh. uh, you know, uh, Dakota Lithium. They, they, I use their products. They got the Power Box. They got, you know. Uh, the, the 54 amp hour, the 23 amp hour, uh, you know, I use all that stuff to power my electronics and, and, uh, and, and I give love to the products I use, even if I'm not sponsored by, I'm not sponsored by lose or, or NRS, but they make a great product and I'm proud to use their product. So I have no problem saying, Hey man, I, you know, I, I'll put them on my Jersey. That's what I do. Yep. But, uh, yeah, cash and rods and, and, you know, I use cash and rods for everything. That's, that's, that's who's making my money for me. You know, it's what's allowed me to live and, and, 
Oh, I got a visitor. Well, there you go. <laughs> Dead dogs. No, the we... dogs. The dogs are in. That's right. Who let them out? <laughs> yeah, no, the, the dogs uh... out. <laughs> I think there's a song about that. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, and... there is. <laughs> That's right. So, and I have this conversation a lot, um, just because the business side is the the area that we focus so heavily on, and and I had to learn at a rapid right. pace too. Um, the pro staffing game um, and then, and learn the, the mm-hmm. pro staffing, like you said, the uh, earlier, the uh, you know, the sponsor whore type thing. And, and really at the end of the day, whatever someone wants to do, you know, that's the, you know, to, to be able to live their dream, I say, let them, you know, that's, it's completely fine, yeah. but there is a difference. Yeah. And I was t- talking to my son about this. Um, when you believe in something, People will see it mm-hmm. in your eyes. They'll see your passion yeah. or something and they understand. Um, yeah, some, you of can't the, hide it. some of the best references I've ever given is for companies that I don't uh, have a sponsorship with. I just give them mm-hmm. a shout out for the fact that they're doing awesome business. Um, exactly. Doug, Doug Chapman, who fishes on the MPFL, uh, I did an interview with him. He's a, a pro angler. I fished with him in the Great Lakes Division of the BFLs but he's now in the national mm-hmm. professional fishing league and he joined on board with five by three and anybody who was around the bass mm-hmm. fishing world knows that that company had its troubles um, with customer service and some stuff, Yeah, but it was old owners. This new ownership, yes. only, only thing that's mm-hmm. left is the name because they believed yeah. in that mantra. They believed in that name. Right. Soon as Doug put his name to it, I'm Great like, name. I'm like, all right, I got to figure out. Cause if Doug is willing to get behind him, cause I know him, you know what I mean? Like what you right. talk about. Right. And right, right. So when you have that type of relationship like that, and now I'll be honest with you, five by three. I mean, that's uh, I've spoken with them a few times. That's that sounds like an awesome company. I wish they sold something yeah. more than just apparel. Yeah, <laughs> I wish yeah. they did fishing. Know, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, those companies are are out there. I mean, yeah. Um, that's why you got to be. I mean, if you're going to have longevity in a sport, I think you should, you know use the stuff that you use i mean it's okay to, to go from one sponsor to the next but have a good reason to do, do so don't you know don't uh, just be jumping around and for because money's not everything when it comes to that especially if you're getting on the ground floor with a company and they're growing i mean just you know hang on and, and help them grow and see where you sit in a few years and a lot of times it, it comes back to you you and i both but, know uh, this that our sport is big but it ain't that big and that word gets right? out in a hurry Yes. Um, oh, yes, it does. Relationships yes. is everything. Matter. Yep. That is, that is never, the... never burn bridges. Always, you know, never down another company. You know, uh, I oh. mean, those, those are things that, that you have to learn in this sport because he, I had to explain to me what one time, you know, when these big companies get together and they have their big board meetings and, and, and they're talking about the marketplace and all this, they're not there tearing other companies down. Right. They're there trying to figure out where, how and where they're going to spend their money and, and who they're going to get to represent their companies. They're now out there posting on Facebook, Oh, this company sucks. Or <laughs> they don't do that. You don't see nope. that. And, and it, because it doesn't happen. They're not going to do it. And if they do do it, they're not going to do it publicly. Yep. You know, no, I, so, so we shouldn't as angles, we shouldn't do it either. You know, and as human beings, you shouldn't do it. It's anyway. Prof- 
it's professional but, courtesy. You know, it's professional representation. Absolutely. It's like you said, it's mm-hmm. called being a good human. And besides in the world of social media, any mention is good mention. I don't care if you put bad words yeah. after it or good exactly. words. If you mention them, I did a, uh, I think it was December, maybe January. I did a, one of my, our let's talk about it. I get a little controversial. I get a little more opinionated. And one of my topics was, <laughs> was uh, uh, professional courtesy. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, several companies that I have dealt with that need to learn this term. And like I told, yep. uh, mm-hmm. I, and I put in our podcast there that I'm not going to mention their name because I'm not going to give them that mention, you know, and I'm not even going to, there's no purpose right. for that. You know, that's there's not no what the point is here. My point is no. we need to treat each other more professionally and at least have the common courtesy to say, no, thank you. Exactly. We can do that. We're never too busy to exactly. do that. You know? So yeah, exactly. you're, you're right. Well, listen, Jody, I could talk with you all night long, and I'm sure okay. uh, we could talk fishing, <laughs> this and that. But from from all of us here at the podcast, I can tell you, you have new fans for life. My family and I, we are going to be following you. I truly know that I'll get my tail end handed to me, but I am looking forward to the day that I can compete against you. <laughs> We'll see if I can I'm go out there. To it too, man. We'll see if I can go out there and earn my stripes enough to be able to make it to, to the land that uh, that you're in. And I'm hoping we can stay in touch with you. We're gonna we're gonna follow uh, your season Absolutely. here. We'll keep it up. If there's any new announcements, big things coming up, please know we're a resource for you, and uh, and we'll awesome. help out in any way we can. And who knows? Maybe one of these times we'll have an event uh, down in your neck of the woods there. And uh, like I said, maybe we can uh, have a chance to to get together and uh, maybe get out there and uh, go, go bend a few rods on a couple of them when we're, when we're around there. Hey, Gene, I would, I would look forward to that, buddy. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so very much. We appreciate all your time and uh, tight lines this season, man. Thank you, Gene.